Hey, lovebirds. <laughs> ah, another little shorty. Me, you, whatever sound system you're listening to this podcast on. Maybe it's little headphones. Maybe it's in your car. Maybe you just got this little bad boy on speakerphone. And who knows? Why does it have to be a bad boy? Why can't it be a bad girl? There is an epidemic, a crisis, an obsession about orgasms. And I get it. I do. They feel great. They are a reliever of stress. They are a release. There's a flood of endorphins and dopamine and serotonin and I guess. I'm not a doctor, so I don't actually know any of that, but the research suggests that we all want orgasms and that they feel good. And some people are having them more than others, mainly guys having more orgasms than women. Excuse me, men are having more orgasms than women. And I'm told that the female orgasm is more pleasurable, more full-bodied, longer-lasting, deeper, more intense than the male orgasm, generally speaking, that is more genital-focused. So there's this weird paradox, right? Men are having more orgasms. Women are having less of them, but the orgasm tends to be more exciting, maybe more fulfilling. And yet we're just hyper-focused on orgasm as the goal, that sex is not successful unless I come or you come. Ideally, we both come, ideally at the same time, my God. How much pressure can we put on each other to make each other come at the same time? Don't get me wrong. Coming at the same time is phenomenal. It really is. It's beautiful. My God. My God. So much closeness, so much intimacy. And it's also fairly unrealistic for most people. Most women need more than penetration to orgasm. They need some sort of clitoral stimulation at the same time. That's hard to do when as a man, you're about to come also. So your penetration, you're about to come. There's some clitoral stimulation, hoping that they come at the same time. It's like a circus act. There's juggling involved. It's highly unlikely. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we take the focus off the orgasm? And still have fulfilling sex, full well knowing, fully knowing, fully well knowing that we all pretty much want to have orgasms as much as possible. My tactic has been to focus on pleasure more than orgasm. My tactic has been to create an environment in lovemaking 
in which orgasm can come and go as it pleases. Pun intended. So not focusing on the orgasm itself, but focusing on an environment that is full of pleasure and safety and intimacy and slowness. Because in my experience, as a mainly heterosexual man, is that women take longer. They take longer to orgasm and to reach arousal. That's just the way it is. There's a physiological difference between men and women. And I'm speaking to you here from a dude that mainly sleeps with women. I have tried to blow a couple guys in my day just to see how it felt, and I just couldn't. It's just not for me. Giving a dude a blowjob is like sucking on an elbow. It just doesn't do anything for me. So everything I'm saying here is from the perspective of a mainly straight dude that has sex with women. And what I have found out over my, well, let's say I'm 37, had sex at 15, what is that, (laughs) 22 years as a sexually active adult, women take longer, which means that I need to slow down. I need to slow down. If I want to create an environment that is conducive to orgasm, I need to slow down. What that also means is that As a man, generally speaking, when I climax, I am less interested in sex. That's just the way it is for me. My arousal sharply decreases. It is much harder for me to be excited about sex when I come. So if I want my partner to orgasm, and I'm not saying that's the goal, remember, it's not the goal, well, then I need to delay my orgasm. If orgasm is on the table for me, which it often is because it's not hard to make me come or for me to reach an orgasmic state, it means that I need to delay my orgasm until my partner has at least one, if not four. And that's the beauty of women. For the most part, they can have multiple orgasms. There's less of a refractory period if there is even one at all sometimes. I've had partners that can just go one after the other after the other. So as a man, I have to delay my orgasm if I want to create an environment that is conducive to my partner having orgasms. What does that mean? That means I need to keep my arousal levels in check. If it starts getting too hot, there's a chance I'm going to come. And if that happens, I'm not saying that I can't continue to have sex. Right, I can stimulate you orally with my hands. I can give massage. I can do all sorts of stuff. I can't penetrate you anymore because I don't have an erection. So I need to delay my orgasm, which means that when it gets too hot, I need to back down. I need to pull away. I need to cool off somehow. And that might just look like not stimulating myself and focusing on you. So that's step one. If you're a dude and you're listening to this and you want to create an environment that is more conducive to orgasm, you have to delay your own orgasm. No one is accusing men of not being able to come. If there's a gender who's having a hard time reaching an orgasmic state or reaching orgasm, it's women. It's not men. 
I read a book a long time ago called She Comes First. Then that's basically the whole principle. I mean, there's actually a lot of techniques in the book. It's a great book if you're the type of person who wants to please people with pussies by Dr. Ian Kerner. She Comes First. The principle is she comes first. Her pleasure comes first so that you can keep your arousal level up. And everything's more fun when you're aroused. So as a guy, delaying ejaculation, but also, and this is really important here, this is for everybody, my job is not to make my partner come. And her job is not to make me come. I just want that to sink in for a second. I am responsible for my pleasure and my partner is responsible for her pleasure. Together, we can come <laughs> we can come together and create a pleasurable environment for both of us. She's not worried about whether she's going to come or not, and I'm not worried about whether she's going to come or not. So there's no pressure on her having an orgasm. All I care about is, does this feel good to me? And does this feel good to you? Because if it doesn't feel good to you, I don't want to do it. If it doesn't feel good to me, I don't want to do it. And vice versa. She doesn't want to do anything that doesn't feel good to me or doesn't feel good to her. So what are we doing? We're finding common ground. What feels good to both of us? The orgasm isn't the goal. You know, I had the last couple of weeks ago was an interview with Dr. Alexandra Solomon and her new book, Taking Sexy Back. And there's this idea that she presented in the book about orgasm being the dessert at like a five course, five star meal. When you leave the restaurant, you don't just talk about the dessert. You talk about the whole experience. And if you didn't have dessert, it wouldn't have ruined your whole dinner. There's so much more to sex than the orgasm. And if we take the orgasm off the table, what's left? Well, there's an opportunity for me to connect in an intimate way with my partner. And I use the, the word partner loosely here. Partner means anybody that you are having sex with. Can you create an intimate environment with the person that you're having sex with, with no expectations that orgasm will or will not happen, just for the sake of creating a pleasurable experience, an intimate experience, a vulnerable experience. Can we come together and do that together? Me and you. Well, not me and not you, but you know what I mean. Can we do that? And can we just put orgasm on the back burner? All while acknowledging the fact that we all want them. We all want orgasms. But can we take the focus off of achieving an orgasm and place it on pleasure, experiencing pleasure? What feels good to me? What kind of touch do I like? What kind of activities do I like? What can we do together that will make us feel good? That's more important than the orgasm. When you create an environment of intimacy and trust and connection and respect and excitement and vulnerability 
and being seen and sharing what you want and what you need. That's an environment that is welcoming to orgasm. But when the environment is full of pressure and expectations and techniques that have worked in the past that are no longer working and shoulds, I should feel this, I should want this, that's not conducive to an orgasm. Generally speaking, people need to relax, need to be in a relaxed state, in a safe state for orgasm to happen. If you don't feel relaxed and you don't feel safe, there's a good chance it's not going to come. So what can you do to foster that environment in your relationship? Whoever, however casual or intimate or deep and connected or whatever, What can you do to deepen that intimacy, that connectedness, that safety, so that arousal can be there, desire can be there, and pleasure can be there? That's more exciting and interesting. Because that you can bank on and you can recreate. (sighs) If this resonates with you, and you're curious, and you want to learn more, take the Intro to Great Sex workshop. We cover this and way more. Four hours of instruction on what it takes to make great sex happen. Presence, connection, deepening intimacy, how to get out of your head and into your body. Ways of co-creating exciting, intimate, lovemaking experiences with other people. The principles of slow sex. How to incorporate dirty talk, Sean style, into your lovemaking. How to identify ways of being touched and activities that are exciting for you and your partner. If the idea of that workshop turns you on, go to thelovedrive.com forward slash great sex and join us. Learn how to invite more intimacy into your bedroom. My name is Sean Galanos, and this has been a short episode of The Love Drive. Have a beautiful week.